Welcome to the Profitable Accountant Podcast. I'm your host, Reza Huda, practice owner, coach, and mentor to accounting firm owners. In this podcast, I share practical strategies to get new clients, charge higher prices, and build a profitable accounting firm that you're proud of. From time to time, I also interview other accountants doing incredible things so you can learn what's working and take tangible takeaways to implement. Make sure you press the follow button on your podcast player so you get notified when I release a new episode. Now, on to today's session. Hello, hello. Hope you're well and I've had a good start to the day. So, I've had an interesting week this week. I hope you have had two. We're already into the third week of January. So, what has been going on this week for me? Well, actually, a couple of things. One, I have actually been drafted into the practice, would you believe? <laughs> for someone that says that they work less than five hours in the practice, I actually probably put a, well, not a full shift in, but I uh, did a whole day with the team on... Wednesday, and I will tell you all about that and the preparation that I had to do before that. Thankfully, no technical work, but all the leadership strategy stuff that really I should be doing anyway. Before that, uh, what did I do? I actually, no, that was Thursday, sorry. And on Wednesday, I was out in London for a mastermind meet with a group of uh, business owners that I'm uh, part of a mastermind group we met in London, another fantastic day, meeting up with like-minded entrepreneurs, talking about challenges we have in business and uh, throwing ideas off each other, learning from each other. And, you know, mastermind groups are a really great way to uh, to learn and to shortcut and to share wins and progress and challenges first and foremost you know to get different perspectives from people as to how they're doing things and how they would deal with a particular situation that you may have so you know things like particularly a lot of things came up with you know people issues <laughs> um, management issues that kind of thing and also obviously growth and more tactical stuff I'm more in it for the for the uh, rather than tactical stuff more the more the the sort of strategic the uh, organizational leadership and we've got a mix of uh, business owners in there so it's not a it's not an accounting specific group it's a general business owner group but we're like-minded we're all from the same community we've got someone in there that uh, has grown a real estate fund from nothing to two and a half billion under management in the space of five years we've got a business performance coach in there we've got a, a founder of a software as a SaaS business in there as well who uh, got a, a, a 10 million pound offer for the business that he turned down that was an interesting conversation on that we have got a business owner in the care sector and we have another uh, entrepreneur in the creative industry and who else is there there's a yeah there's another one who does import and export of pharmaceuticals so a wide range of uh, business owners in there all entrepreneurs which is a fantastic group to kind of network with so that was great that was my day on wednesday and then thursday was my team day so and that's why i've titled this session is working from home working because this was the first time that i'd met up with my team where all of us uh, had 
been in the office at the same time for the first time in probably three years or post pandemic we haven't all been in the business together so we actually have an office i have an office we've had the same office the practice center has had the same office for the last 40 years it's based in eastley in hampshire near just outside of southampton and I'm a regular to the office. You know, I generally go to the office in the afternoons to do my, my Zoom calls and coaching calls and mentoring sessions, all that kind of good stuff I do in the office in the afternoon. There's a couple of members of the team that are there, namely Adam and Rakesh. They're generally in the office. Adam doesn't live far away and he likes to come into the office every day. And Rakesh is kind of the practice management manager. Uh, and he likes to come to the office as well because uh, his uh, wife, Tracy, also works with us. And Tracy's been with us for the last 40 years. Uh, Rakesh has been with us for 30 years. They met at the practice. It was a match made at Wolji & Co. Uh, and they've been uh, at the practice since. So between them, they've racked up 70 years worth of service, which is just phenomenal, isn't it? But anyway, because they only have one set of... Uh, uh, computers at home or screens or they've only got one space where they can work so Rakesh you know they tend to alternate when they can come to the office so one of them comes and they've got a dog at home so one dog sits and the other comes to the office uh, for a bit of separation during the day so yeah really two people come to the office regularly now Karen will pop in now and again the others tend to work from home and that's you know even pre-pandemic I had introduced the whole concept of uh, working when where and how you want as long as the work gets done uh, and that was my kind of uh, philosophy. And initially, they still ended up coming to the office. They just worked different shift patterns. But then post-pandemic, uh, everyone uh, started to work from home, obviously, and didn't come back. And it's been working fine. It's not been an issue. We have weekly team meetings. But I found recently that... There's been a bidding. You know, there's some murmurs, and uh, you know, uh, you know, our our practice is by no means perfect. I'm not perfect. We're a constant work in progress. There are some things that I have done to get the results that I have, but by no means is it the perfect practice. I don't think anything is perfect, and we're constantly improving and learning. And I think you know, I found that maybe I have. Um, you know, it's my admission that I have, I wouldn't say taken my eye off the ball because I've still very much been involved in marketing strategy and building capture and making sure we get the leads and coaching my uh, my uh, colleague who kind of heads up the capture division and helping him to convert prospects into clients. So I've been doing that, I'm not kind of involved in any technical client work. But I think what I probably haven't done that I should have done is the leadership role. You can't really You can't really abdicate leadership. So there's a difference between abdication and delegation. And I think I'm guilty of a bit of abdication where I've kind of let them be and not really been the leader that I should have been. Um, one of the reasons for that, and I admitted this to the team, is that you know I, it's not something that I enjoy doing. I don't enjoy rallying the troops. Uh, I've, you know, I've talked about the working genius assessment and one of the one genius, one of the six geniuses that exist is the genius of galvanizing. You know, the people who have a natural gift and tendency and genius and they enjoy and they get joy from rallying the troops of getting people behind a project to see it through. Uh, I don't have that. That's one of my frustrations. So, you know, trying to rally the team and, you know, doing team days and strategy days is not something I enjoy doing. And therefore, you know, I kind of put it off and I think, oh, everything's happening okay and we've got the managers and they're in control. But actually, I started to hear signs that things perhaps aren't going as smoothly as we would like. And when you start to hear 
complaints or you know moaning moaning from managers about each other or about team members and it gets this you know gossip and back channel politics and complaints then it starts to make you realize that actually look we don't really have a cohesive team here and if i don't do something about it then this is only going to get worse and it's not going to end very well so i kind of got the impression that although the practice yes it is running without me uh, that people are working in silos, that yes, we have uh, client managers who are responsible for their uh, subordinates and their juniors and also the client relationship. So, you know, that's all taken care of. I don't need to get, I'm not, I don't need to get involved with that. There's no issues with clients. You know, in the, in terms of client service, they're all fantastic. We all, we have the same values when it comes to delivering great client service. So no issues there with anyone on my team. They're all brilliant at that. But I got the feeling that the that everyone is kind of working in silos. It's like you know four companies within one company, as it were. So I thought, like you know, I need to do something about this and really get into bring everyone back into the office for a team day. So I spent the last sort of week preparing my slides and thinking about what I'm going to say. And one of the people that I respect a lot that I read all the books for that I have quoted several times on this podcast as well is a chap called Patrick Lencioni. He's the guy who wrote books like The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. He came up with a working genius model. He's written a book called The Four Obsessions of a uh, of an Executive. He has written a book called The Advantage, The Motive, Ideal Team Player, The Truth About Employee Engagement. All his books are fantastic. He's got a podcast as well called At The Table and also the Working Genius podcast. And anything that you can find from him on YouTube is fantastic. So I've been a big uh, learner of his material over the years. And so uh, I kind of you know reread some of the books and put together a presentation or some of the videos, particularly around the the five dysfunctions so you may have read this book as well it's something that i recommend to to everyone if you haven't already read it then read it and it's all about what uh, what are the what are the signs of a dysfunctional team and the root causes of a dysfunctional team and he puts out this pyramid there are five uh, five uh, causes of a dysfunctional team and the, the first one is the absence of trust when there is a lack of when there is no trust between team members and that's not just the oh i trust you're not going to nick my wallet when i'm in the office it's it's vulnerability based trust it's the kind of trust where everybody feels open to uh, say things like uh, i don't know what i'm doing i made a mistake i was a bit of a jerk yesterday so i'm so sorry that i uh, i said that or i did that where people have the the uh, the trust in each other to be completely open with each other in terms of their weaknesses, their failings, and in turn admire the talents and gifts of others. So, in a, an organisation which doesn't have the basis of trust, vulnerability-based trust, means that people can't engage in healthy conflict. So that's the next rung of the ladder. An absence of trust means that there is go not going to be any there's a lack of conflict in the team now this conflict is, is healthy conflict this is the the idea that you can have heated discussions about a particular topic that you can but then at the end of the day it's it's done not for one person to win an argument for the other or for people to feel bad if they don't get their way but it's done for the 
in the furtherance of truth to find you know the right answer for us to pursue a particular decision so organizations who don't have that healthy conflict where team meetings are you know go all smoothly but people want to say stuff but they don't say it for fear of judgment or for fear of oh you know that they're not going to change their mind or you know i have nothing better to say to or to contribute towards a decision that's not healthy because that means people aren't going to be as engaged in their work as they could be and then you're moving up the ladder if we don't have healthy conflict then there's going to be no commitment to the decisions that are made by the organization so you can make decisions, but if you're just making them without consultation, without everybody weighing in on their views and their perceptions, it's not as, and, and people don't have to get their way. The fact that people are heard is sufficient for them to feel, yes, I, I had a platform where I was heard, I was open enough, I, I was given the opportunity to say my piece, and then the leader made a decision, and I'm fine, I'm going to get behind that. So when you don't have that healthy conflict, then people are not going to commit to the decisions that you make. If people don't commit to the decisions you make, then the next one up the ladder of the pyramid is accountability. So if people haven't committed to a decision, then they've got nothing really to hold, uh, to be held accountable to or to hold their peers accountable to. And that is a problem in organisations where if you don't have that peer-to-peer -peer accountability, where people feel comfortable to call each other out because they are not aligned with what the company has collectively agreed it's going to do, the values that it holds, then that is a problem because then it's just you that has to hold people accountable. The, a healthy organization should have peer-to-peer -peer accountability where anyone, no matter their status, high status or low status, can call somebody out on behaviors which are contrary to the decisions made by the company which everybody committed to. So, for example, if a junior member is not getting a response from a, a manager of his and has asked repeated number of times and they feel that, you know, clients are not getting the service, then they should be able to call them out on that. Or if a manager has said that we are going to get a certain number of tax returns done in a particular month and they haven't delivered on that, whereas everyone else has done their piece, then somebody should be able to call them to account, no matter what their stage in the organization to say, well, look, you said you were going to do this and it didn't happen. What's going on? So... You know, that is important and healthy organizations have accountability, peer-to-peer -peer accountability. Because when you have that, then you're all working towards the same results and you achieve those results because of that healthy accountability between each member of the team. But a lack of accountability will mean that there's inattention to results because no nobody really, if you're not holding each other accountable, then it's going to be very hard to actually get the results that you want to achieve. So that's kind of the model, as it were, and feel free to go away and read the book or watch the uh, YouTube summary of it. But I, I, I basically put together a presentation around that and practical exercises that we could do as a team in the office to rekindle that trust that I felt was seeping away, that was being diluted. As a result, I think one of the reasons was perhaps to do with us all working remotely, because it's very difficult to build those personal connections, those relationships, and even though we meet weekly over Zoom, I found that even just having that one meeting in the office, we were in the office for the day, for the whole day on uh, Thursday, and it made such a difference. It's, in the first we had a couple of team members that were recruited in COVID, so although they've been to the office a few times, it was the first time we'd all been together, and you know, the conversations that just happen uh, over the water cooler, or when you're making coffee, or as, as someone's walking past your office, that, that is really hard to replicate online. And, you know, this is something that um, I kind of 
changed my mind on. I thought, well, that's actually possible to work when, where, and how you want. And if that's remotely 100% of the time, then fantastic. But actually, there are benefits. There are real benefits of being in the office. And we found that on Thursday. And although I'm not mandating coming into the office, we as a team collectively, at the end of the day, we realized and everybody agreed that actually there is a big benefit of us all being together in the office and therefore we'll make a point of people coming in more regularly. Uh, it doesn't have to be for you know every day, it doesn't have to be every week, it could be once every other week, it doesn't have to be the whole day, but just for a few hours because the touch points that you have and the, the, the conversations that you have uh, and that in-person meet is really valuable and it's uh, crucial really to forging meaningful relationships with people that you work with day in, day out. Uh, uh, you know, in the furtherance of collective goals. One sec, I just wanted to talk about the accounts and tax preparation software we use. We moved to TaxCalc a few years ago from one of the big players, predominantly due to the huge cost saving. The difference was massive, saving us over £7,000 a year. But aside from that, it's actually a really good product. My team tell me that it's really intuitive, simple to use, and the transition to move to it was painless. TaxCalc is also the most popular choice for accountants in the pack and members of my Facebook group. So if you're looking for accounts, tax production and practice management software that does everything you need it to without costing a fortune, check out TaxCalc. There's a link in the show notes to learn more. Now, back to today's pod. Well, you know, the day was, I think, very successful. It was a day where everybody was engaged in the meeting from start to finish and uh, I think it was, uh, and I, I will be sharing this in a, in a deep dive session with members of my pack community. So if you're in there, uh, look forward to that one. If you're not, then uh, what are you waiting for? You know, I've got a very special offer on this month for podcast listeners. Podcast 20 is the code. Make sure you get in before the end of the month because it's a cracking offer that I haven't made available to anybody anywhere else. So if you want access to things like the whole presentation that I delivered for my team and exactly what I went through and how I did it to bring about uh, a level of uh, trust, greater trust in the team, where I'll give you a glimpse. Some of the exercises we did, it's something called... um, a personal histories exercise. So you have, if you haven't done this with a team, and this is something that um, I didn't come up with it, uh, Patrick Lencioni came up with it, and uh, you, uh, he actually mentions it in the book, the for the five dysfunctions to actually undertake this exercise as a way of trust building in the team. And it's very simple. It's all you have to do is basically go around the room. It's called the personal histories exercise, and everybody uh, talks about. Uh, answers these three questions and actually it's quite eye-opening because no matter how long or how much you've worked with someone perhaps sometimes you don't know these these details which are actually fundamental in terms of being able to to get to know each other better so these three questions and are as follows the first one is where did you grow up the second one is how many siblings do you have and where do you fall in that order and the third one is describe a unique or interesting challenge from your childhood and actually hearing people talk about that, you know, some, uh, I was quite embarrassed to say some some people I, I didn't even know about uh, their number of siblings, where they grow up and, you know, a uh, unique and interesting thing about their childhood. And uh, I mean, it did border on becoming a bit of a therapy session. But, you know, we had people really open up and become quite emotional about, uh, you know, some of their uh, their fears and their anxieties. And we then did another exercise about, again, another trust building exercise to actually call out your uh, your strengths and your weaknesses. So personally, what do you believe 
your strengths are, how do you add value to the team, and where do you think your weaknesses are? And actually, having built that level of trust and given people the the background, obviously I went into a bit more detail about this in terms of why it's important to be open with each other, what is vulnerability-based trust, and what happens when we don't have it and what could happen when we do have it to get people to really open up about themselves and uh, and show them that this is you know if we when we do this when we can uh, be so open with each other then we will all be able to thrive because of the trust and the connection that the personal connections that we build with each other and also being able to tap into each other's strengths and weaknesses to say well look you know I we had someone who said that um, you know I feel really anxious in and answering the phone and we didn't realize this that we knew he was anxious but we didn't realize it was it, it led to that level of anxiety of uh, having to pick up the phone because of uh, you know panic attacks and stuff that they had had personally before so really you, you know this was this was uh, a really uh, I couldn't really recommend this enough to undertake this kind of exercise to to get to know your team members well to get them to open up in a safe environment to show them what the benefits are of being so you know buck naked with each other as Patrick Lincheney would say about our individual strengths and weaknesses and and off the back of that, then, you know, we we kind of did the whole trust building thing in the morning and then in the afternoon we looked at, right, okay, well, what, what, are the, what are our biggest challenges? What are the, the issues we're finding at the moment? And, you know, let's look at our structure. Where are things falling over? You know, who is um, at a scale of 1 to 10? You know, what's your workload like in terms of, you know, if 10 is I'm working every single evening, every weekend, and I'm swamped at the moment, you know, go around the room so everyone can be completely open with that. And without any judgment, that if you give a low score, that's fine. To then, you know, uh, see how we can change things around, how we can perhaps uh, uh, alter our structure, you know, who do we need to potentially recruit, uh, and where would they fit into the structure, given that uh, if, uh, you know, we are at, uh, if we're at capacity, um, you know, so we had some really useful discussions around that. And I guess in conclusion to this, uh, the, the, the podcast title is Working From Home Working, um, I would say that it's absolutely... I still stand by giving the team complete autonomy because I believe that everybody thrives when they are able to self-determine when, where, how they work. And that's really important. So I'm not taking that away from my team. But what I am doing now is encouraging them to come to the office a bit more. And now they've realized that actually there is a benefit of that. And by not being in the office, by just having those Zoom calls every single week, that has led to some of the the cracks that we see appearing and already even after that one day i find there's a renewed sense of of motivation of engagement and oh, oh i forgot to say i actually you know i didn't it wasn't just the trust building but before that actually going through you know what are the good things what have we achieved in the last year uh, and actually sharing with the team because some of the team are not aware of the new clients we've brought on and some of the clients we've brought on are quite, you know, quite high profile clients in terms of the influencers and content creators that we brought on board. So actually showcasing a bit of that, uh, you know, letting the team know about our marketing efforts, how that's been working, the number of uh, inquiries we've had, the number of website hits, the number of referrals that we have, the number of uh, views that one of our clients got on a video which reached 1.8 million where he mentioned us. So, you know, getting people aligned to your vision is important as well. So I'm guilty of that. I hadn't done that for a couple of years, 
but uh, which is why I felt right now I need to come in and make this a more regular thing. So, you know, doing it quarterly where we've now I've set the vision to say, right, this is what we achieved last year. This is where I want. This is where we're going this year. Uh, this is what I would like to create in terms of if I, uh, you know, this is where we want to get to in terms of a practice number of clients we want to bring on. This is how we're going to get there. And but also uh, fundamentally, what's uh, important to them, the benefit to them is that I want to create a firm that we're all proud to work in and I want us to be the leading uh, accountancy name in the content creator influencer space uh, and I want us all to be part of that so rallying them around a common pers purpose and goal is important as well to get them all on board which which uh, you know has been challenging I think uh, of late because because we've got these two now separate brands in the business it's like we've got you know the, the legacy clients of the old practice, the old Junco, and we've got the capture clients. So it is creating this kind of them and us and individual teams, which uh, I think warranted now having this concerted effort to bring everyone together and say, look, you know, this is just marketing. Ultimately, we are one. We are one organization, Capture Ology. Ology is Capture, and we are a team, and we all need to collectively help each other to uh, realize these these goals to for the benefit of uh, of all of us. So you know, that's important as well as a leader to uh, set the vision to kind of captain the ship as it were and I think my ship was uh, I'd fallen asleep at the wheel slightly and it had gone off course and possibly on uh, on track for a uh, collision of titanic proportions okay maybe not that bad but I exaggerate somewhat um, but yeah so I, I think I need to just I had to re-steer the ship and um, already I think uh, we've seen I've seen sparks of uh, uh, more of a, a collective unified force going forward and I intend to now have these sessions at least once a quarter to update everyone on you know where we are or what are our, what we achieved in the last quarter how we're doing versus our key metrics in terms of the focus for the current quarter and uh, also give us an opportunity to talk about key challenges the other thing I've been reading is another one of his books is death by meeting which is fantastic as well which is about the four types of meetings I probably don't have enough time to go into it in this session I'll probably do that next week if that isn't if you want me to go through that because you know our weekly meetings were ended up being a bit boring I found that people were switching off and again with zoom meetings you know people can just switch off or you know or they can be looking at uh, dealing with their emails or you know on the phone replying to client messages and not actually focused in the meeting because it's boring or it's irrelevant so I find that there are different types of meetings and we need to have uh, and, and the reason why meetings end up being really boring or uh, irrelevant is because we have a meeting stew you try and deal with all issues from uh, you know, tactical stuff from what's in what's out who needs this who needs that to you know bigger strategic things and you know what, what software do we need to bring in or you know what are the big challenges we have in terms of structure recruitment we bring it all into the same meeting uh, and then it ends up being a bit convoluted we don't really get anywhere make decisions people feel uh, a bit um, miffed that uh, uh, they were just wasting their time when they could have been doing client work so I'll probably cover that off next week if, uh, if there is interest if you like the sound of that drop me a line on, on LinkedIn but otherwise I'd love to hear from you you know what do you think on the working from home uh, thing is it working for you is it working well do you have a hybrid uh, what are your thoughts on that I'd love to hear send me a message on LinkedIn if we haven't already then uh, don't forget the code podcast 20 to get into the pack this month and this month only as a very special offer because I am actually launching a course starting in February all to do with 
how to win new clients, charge higher prices and build a marketing system that will generate you inquiries on autopilot. Just like I've done with Capture Accounting, we've built these systems and I'm going to be teaching how you can do that and doing it with you starting from February. It's only available if you get into the pack by the end of Jan. So use that code podcast 20 and I look forward to seeing you there. If you're already in, look forward to seeing you in Feb to, uh, uh, you know, build this system with you and uh, smash your 2024 out of the park okay thank you for listening take care have a great weekend and i'll speak to you very soon bye for now thank you for listening if you want to spend more time together get access to me personally for your questions access to resources and training that will help you to shortcut your progress together with being part of an incredible community of accountants or helping each other then come and join the pack the Profitable Accountants Community. There's a hundred plus accountants that I mentor and they help each other to get results faster than trying to do it alone. Go to reshooter.com forward slash mentoring to learn more or message me directly on LinkedIn. Take care.